This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. My special guest, uh, a friend of mine, Sydney Hemingmore. God has uh, healed Sydney over the years. She has tremendous testimonies. If you haven't uh, heard them on this warning program, go to worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and you can hear them. Healing from cancer and heart, and I'll tell you what, uh, she has a testimony and many different healing testimonies. Once again, go to my website, worldministries.org. Org. Now, Sydney, welcome back to the Warning Program. Thank you. Wherever you're watching or listening to this Warning Program, whether it's television or uh, social media, radio, shortwave, welcome. And Sydney has been with me a number of years, clear back, I think, in 1998 when I came to Spokane with the Prophecy Club. I was uh, prophesying for three hours and praying for people for three hours. And you were, Absolutely. that's the first time you heard me. Absolutely. And that meeting was, was the most uh, electrified or anointed. I have never experienced anything like it. It was like, like okay, you prophesied, you opened my eyes, or God opened my eyes to what America and especially the church is like. And so I could see and have an understanding through the prophecy that Jesus gave you. And then when you were done prophesying, getting ready to do the prayer, it's like something happened. I, 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 I guess you'd call it the whole spirit of God. And it was like electrified like this. And I was with my elderly mom and my young daughter. And so they, they couldn't handle it. The power and presence of God was so strong. They couldn't handle it. So, you know, they said, well, let's go. So we were leaving towards the back and, and we met your previous wife. And so she was so kind and loving. And then, and then we left. Well, the next thing that happened in our relationship is I was in this room here, laying on a couch, sleeping, almost like in this position here, almost. And all of a sudden I was in a dream. And I, you know, you could almost say God sent you to me in a dream. You could almost say that. So this was the dream. The dream was my mom and I, and then a few other ladies were sitting in folding chairs. And you were standing up uh, speaking to this small congregation. And then you pointed at me in this dream 
And in the dream, you know, I looked around and thought, well, who's he pointing at? And then, yeah, it was me. And then you kept on preaching, but you made these movements. And this was the movement. You, you pointed to me and you gave the pray, pray. Okay, so that was the call to pray. Yes. And then you point to yourself. Okay, so I knew the call was to pray for you. Okay, then you pointed to God. So you were asking me to pray for God. Then you pointed to your mouth to give you words. So when I woke up, I called your, um, your office and told the dream because God called me to do that, Jonathan. Yes, yes. And that the dreams and visions, you know, when, you, when a person's under like the authority of, of a prophet, uh, the dreams and visions and anointing do come. I mean, there is a, such a powerful uh, presence of God on your life, on your, on your call, Jonathan. Well, praise the Lord, Sydney. Um, uh, you, you saw me, heard the prophecies for 9-11. Um, then it all happened exactly. New Orleans, again, went there three times prophesying about the very dikes going to break. Um, then it happened. North Korea, you wanted to be a part of that, uh, even in prayer and finances, because on the verge of World War III, and then uh, went and prophesied over there, uh, right Absolutely. to North Korea. And so uh, why don't you share some of that? Okay, well, I had had a dream on September 11th, 2002. And the dream, actually I'd been on a 21 day fast, like Daniel was. And then at the end of that fast, I, I woke up, went back to sleep. And as I laid there asleep, somebody told me, I heard World War III will be in 15 years. Wow. Okay, so then, Obviously, I was terrified and, you know, spent many, many years praying. Well, that date came around, Jonathan. And on that date, I thought the nukes would fly. Well, that's not what happened. On that date, we were being, um, oh, I guess you would say tormented or accosted and told by Kim Jong-un that he was going to launch the nukes. So what happened on that date is Trump went to the UN and he instituted um, sanctions. In other words, siege warfare. World War III had started, okay? Then what happened is then you announced you were going to the DMZ and I knew that God was calling you there and that that just the way when you were in, I think it was Rwanda, when God used you to stop the Hootsie and Tootsie. Yes, yes, uh, I understand. Slaughter. Okay, so what happened is I wanted to go with you, but um, in the spirit I was. So you and your people went. I was able to donate and fast and pray. So in the spirit, I was there with you. And you prophesied at the DMZ. I saw you on video. 
just like the the uh, prophets in the Old Testament, you know, Jeremiah for the rise and falls of nation, and Ezekiel, you know, he would prophesy to the wind, he'd prophesy to the mountains, just like that. You were standing there, and God gave the message, and you said basically that Kim Jong Un. He had to stand down now or God was going to strike him dead. Well, lo and behold, World War III was averted. The nukes did not fly. So there we are. So when that happened, I was just praising God. I was praising God that God was merciful to America. I was praising him for his mercy. You know, Sunita, you reminded me of that because uh, I've I prophesy all over the world. But uh, you're you're right. I, I remember prophesying to the president of North Korea. Again, like you said, if you don't stand down, God will take your breath right out of your mouth and you'll fall over dead. And uh, he stood down. So he did. <laughs> God was there. God was telling him, and he did. Yeah, and it was on video and television and everything. And so, uh, praise the Lord. I mean, we can stand in the gap. I mean, just like Moses stood in the gap against Pharaoh and uh, others, Daniel stood in the gap with Nebuchadnezzar, we can stand in the gap if we know our God and we allow him to use us. We can still change nations, Sydney. Absolutely. Us us regular people. In fact, you know who, to me, was the most exciting man who stood in the gap? That was Aaron. Yes. Okay, the Israelites, yeah, the Israelites had done really, really bad. I mean, and God was done. It was over. He was wiping them out. And you know what? He was coming, and he was. People were dropping dead. I forget how many. It may have been, I don't know, 12,000. I, I don't know. It was a lot. And then God told Moses, get out of here, Moses. And, and lo and behold, guess what Moses did? I thought he was going to run away and say, hey, I'm out of here. But you know what he did? He did not do that. He told Aaron. Now, Aaron was an old man. He was a grandpa, you know, a great grandpa. He was <laughs> at least in his 80s. Yes, so yes. He, he, yeah, he said, Aaron, you get your priestly garb on. And hasn't Jesus made us kings and priests and is God? That's right. I think he has. So he told Aaron, Aaron, you get your priestly garments on and you get your incense and you go out there. And the incense is basically prayer. So there's the priest, you know, us believers in Jesus. There's the incense, which is the prayer. And Aaron did face to face and toe to toe with the Shekinah glory of God. And there was people dead behind him. And Aaron literally stood there between the living and the dead and the mercy of God came down. And when I saw that, I thought a human being can stand in front of God for mercy on the people? Absolutely. Amen, amen, that's so true. Again, like you mentioned, Rwanda, where God gave me a word, and I met with the parliament and the president inside uh, of Rwanda, the president of parliament, uh, sir, the majority of your parliamentarians, and I shared with them clearly, I didn't, this is not my words, this is God's words, I'm, I'm even embarrassed to say it, but God calls your members of parliament a fool. 
I share the definition of a fool, one that rejects the word of God, the laws of God, the morality of God. And under your own laws and morality, you have killed one-eighth of your population. And unless there's a repentance from the beggar to the president, unless there's a repentance, this nation's damned. They will be always fighting coup after coup, vengeance after vengeance, because one-eighth of the population has been killed, and there's always going to want to be vengeance. Well, I left after sharing that word, and uh, I got a call two weeks later, Sydney. Uh, do you remember me, Reverend Hansen? I, I, I heard, I recognized his voice. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? The Parliament discussed your advice, and we've gone seven days. National repentance in the stadium, the National Stadium of 70,000 people. And for seven days, they repented from uh, one tribe to the other, uh, to the president, to the beggar. The nation repented. The fighting has stopped, and it, there hasn't been fighting now ever since that time. And that was clear back in the 1990s. That is so profound. That reminds me of when God told um, Jonah, get up to Nineveh because it's over for them. And then, of course, Jonah, you know, wasn't going to go, but God got him there. And the king did that in Nineveh. They took a look at Jonah. They listened to his message. The king had all the people and the animals go on a fast and repent and the mercy of God came down, spared them for another hundred years. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, we could, we could talk on this area for a long time, but people can look at my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and read the prophecies. Read them. Again, as, as Sydney said, I prophesied 9-11 on New York television for five days, and it happened. Uh, the skyscrapers fell. Blood flowed down thousands of faces. Still did they not repent. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, they went ahead and met in the Crystal Cathedral. Now, uh, New York personalities on radio and television heard me prophesying. They got a hold of me. Uh, you remember when they went into the cathedral to pray, uh, the movie stars, all the different religions, the politicians for peace. And uh, they asked me before that prayer. Uh, Reverend Hansen, what do you think about this? And I said, well, I've, I've prayed about it during the night, and God calls it the prayer of abomination, the prayer of blasphemy. And yes. they said, what do you mean? I said, because yes. nobody repented. They prayed to the oh. different gods, the different religions, uh, the movie stars. They just want to continue their X-rated movies. Uh, the politicians didn't repent of their corruption. There was no repentance. And now God says 1,000 times more people will die before there's a national revival. We're going to see millions of people dead in America, Sydney, before we have a national revival, a great awakening, a national revival. Sydney? Well, all I can say is God have mercy. God have Amen. mercy. Amen. That's all I can say, Jonathan. I'll tell you what. Now, uh, uh, I went to all through Europe, and you're going to Europe. In fact, yes. that's why we're doing this program. Uh, yes. you, we talked the other day. You said you're going to Sweden. And uh, I've yeah. gone all through Europe, clear back into the 1990s. In fact, I'm holding a newsletter in front of me dated December 10, 1999, the decline of Sweden. And then I'm yes. looking at one, the fall of Finland and the beast. Yes. I'm looking at another one, the future of Europe. 
I'm looking at another mm-hmm. one. WMI takes its message to Europe. You know, I went all through Europe, all through Sweden, uh, Finland, Norway, uh, Poland, Germany, Czechoslovakia, Romania, and uh, mm-hmm. giving the warning. I remember sp- uh, speaking in the Swedish church in Stockholm, the Lutheran yes. National Church, with a yes. Lutheran priest warning them yes. of sin. At that time, they were, they were pushing homosexuality, and I warned them that this is going to bring judgment on Sweden. And uh, now you tell me that uh, those articles I wrote in Finland uh, that I had warned they would lose their sovereignty, and you told me the other day Finland has lost its sovereignty, and Sweden is considered an atheist nation. Sydney? Well, I thought, how to address this? I've been a young at heart world adventurer with my daughter since my husband passed away. So I can see a lot in different areas of the world. And I thought, well, how do I explain, you know, what I've experienced? And I, I just want to make a one quick note here. And then I thought we could go through the different countries and the parts of the prophecies that I've seen personally okay. come to pass. Yes. Okay, I guess the general message is is uh, I've been to uh, Northern Europe around the Baltic states. When we went into the cathedrals, it was like a tourist trap, okay? They didn't even glorify Christ. Oh, they my. glorified history. Yeah, it, uh, so basically the Holy Spirit is totally grieved. Also, the, the main thing, ex- except for uh, the Anglican Church under the Queen, the main thing uh, was that they're treating Jesus like he's a non-issue, like he's an ancient relic, like this is the past, but we're now. So, you know, the point is, is Jesus is alive. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's not an ancient relic, and people of the world, we all need to love him and worship him and come to him. So I thought what we would do is, you mentioned Sweden. Okay, so I've got, I'm looking, okay, there's Finland. Okay, okay, there's Russia. Oh, Sweden, okay. Okay, I'll just take a little bit here. Sweden, the word for Sweden is now. Now is the time to give the word. In warning of urgency before persecution comes on the remnant in Sweden. Okay, so persecution and remnant. So what did I experience when I was there? So are, are you reading it, my, my article, The Decline of Sweden? Yes, let's see. Um, so I warned yeah, about... That was yeah, I warned March, them clear back in 1999. Yeah, March 21st, 1999, your warning prophecy to Sweden. And Sweden, Sweden, the word for Sweden is now. Now is the time to give the word, the warning of urgency before persecution. Okay, I saw Islamists. They're being taken over by Islamists. And you said before persecution comes to the remnant. So this is what I experienced when I was there. My daughter was living in Vastras. And it's just kind of like a deer park kind of a town, but like a hundred miles or so out of Stockholm. Yes. So a nice, yeah, a nice town. Well, I would say when I was walking through the parks there 
at least up to two-thirds were Islamist. Wow. Okay, and when my daughter and I were in their little grocery, uh, child care type of area, 90% were Islamists. Of course, you know, very lovely Islamist women and their babies, but we know that, what's his name, Mohammed, told Islamists, if they're Christian, kill them, okay? Anybody who says Jesus is Lord, anybody who says Jesus died on the cross, was buried and resurrected, Mohammed commanded that we be killed. So basically, their country in some areas has been overtaken by a lot of Islamists. And I remember one day I was walking in the town, you know, by the ladies' dress stores and things like that, and there was this coffee shop and all these Islamist men were sitting there. And I was walking by. And when I walked by them, I knew that if they had their way, they would stone me. You know, any woman that was not wearing a burqa, they would stone them and kill them like they're doing in Iran. I knew that that would be what was in their hearts. Consequently, I didn't walk by there anymore. So there's the persecution. When the gates were open to the Islamists, God allowed in the persecutors. Okay, then what about the remnant? What about the remnant though? Okay, so I was told by a young lady on a train that she declared it. She told me uh, Sweden is an atheist country. She told me that. I was wow. giving her. Wow. Yeah, I gave her my testimony. Okay, I told her, Jesus healed me. Jesus is real. He is alive. And she says, oh, Sweden's an atheist country. So right out of the mouth of, of a Swedish person, atheism was declared basically their God. Okay, so, so now what about the remnant? You know, you prophesied persecution. Well, there's the Islamists commanded by Mo Mohammed to kill the uh, people who worship Jesus as Lord. And then the remnant. Now, this is very interesting. My daughter's there, and she's a Christian. Okay, so even though the, the white Swedish people who say they're atheists, and they do say that, God got a remnant there. God got my daughter. Okay, when I was there, I went to a dinner party at my daughter's house. There was the American Christian, and then there was a, uh, a, a Chaldean Christian, Chaldean or Assyrian Christian, a young man who had fled uh, Al-Qaeda from Kurdistan. He was there. I, I loved visiting with him and hearing his story and his family's accounting. So, so God brought an American remnant. God brought a, a Chaldean or Kurdish, Kurdistan, Chaldean, Assyrian, Christian remnant. Okay, so that's two at the party. There was two Swedish atheists. There was my son-in-law, a New Zealand atheist, and then there was uh, a Hindu, a Hindu from India. So the point that I'm making is even though the Swedish people are atheist, 
denying God, God still brought my daughter and and this young man. So so would you said in your prophecy, persecution comes to the remnant. Okay, there's the persecution. I saw it with my own eyes. I felt them wanting to stone me because I wouldn't wear a burqa. I felt that. But when you prophesied remnant, I thought, wow, God did bring a remnant. Now, and I'm, I met young people also from Mexico and South America. So in general, they would be um, believers in Jesus also. Now, now so, Sydney, we're out of time. Can you be with me tomorrow? Oh, I have so many of these things that I could say, yes, I could I could be with you decades or weeks, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've had Sydney Hemingmore. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Look at my prophecies for Sweden, for America, for Finland, uh, and you will see, and many more countries, what God is saying today, including, again, America. Now, we're going to continue with Sydney tomorrow. Please join Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. We have to have another great awakening, or this nation is falling. God bless you. Now, here is my friend, Scott Farah. And he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us, because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment, according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.